Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch. Chop. Retrofit. So, on the way over here, uh, the Lady Gaga song, Bad Romance, is playing on the radio, and so it's completely in my head right now. But I prefer the paparazzi. Not the people. The song. But this is not a Little Monsters podcast. Oh my god. Or is it? <laughs> Welcome to Season 9, Episode 1, the Season 9 premiere of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Pete Travgan. Uh-huh. A.K.A. Travanus. A.K.A. Travasquatch. Travasco- Travasquatch sounds like a... Uh, Tabasco sauce that I branded. <laughs> um, and I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Skunk Ape Sean, a.k.a. Sean Walker, a.k.a. Sean Squatch. Also, in our third seat, holding it down over there is the Chop Shop Regulator, Chessy, <laughs> a.k.a. Champ, a.k.a. Chelpa Cabra. <laughs> <laughs> And welcoming back to the show, returning guest, Joberwocky, a.k.a. St. Joe's River Monster, a.k.a. The Josie Devil, a.k.a. Jozark Howler. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch, chop, retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. That's not real. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we catch a joke in the wild. All right, that'll bring us to our first segment, which is movie news. And for movie news, we try our best to pay attention to news stories throughout the week that relate to the world of cinema, the concept of remakes and reboots, and stories that... Maybe our listeners, the chop shoppers out there, would find interesting. And unfortunately, this week we do have to start it off with one R.I.P. Rest in peace and rest in power to Yves Renier. Uh, He was a French actor, director, and screenwriter. uh, Also a voice actor. And he's known for Peppermint Soda, Frantic, and Mortal Transfert. And I couldn't find a cause of death because all of the articles were in French. And my French is not so good. Uh, (laughs) So rest in peace and rest in power once again to him. Next, Lin-Manuel Miranda's animated musical movie, Vivo, has moved to Netflix. I believe originally it was going to be on a different different streaming service, or maybe it was just going to be distributed by somebody else, but Netflix has picked it up. Probably a good bet. It was originally going to be Vivo on TiVo. On Vivo. (laughs) Oscar winner Another Round. It's in in the Danish title. It's called Druk, set for English language remake with Leonardo DiCaprio eyed to star. Thoughts? It's never a good idea. It's a good idea financially. Sure, sure. Cash grab. They'll people heard that this movie won the Oscar, and because Americans are shallow, instead of actually watching the Danish language film, they'll wait and watch the English language remake with Leonardo DiCaprio. I know that we're in general against remakes and mm-hmm. in this, but that to me is the worst kind of remake. The remake of a very recent foreign film mm-hmm. for American audiences just yeah. reeks of everything wrong with the it's, whole movie machine, I think. It's kind of the definition of cultural appropriation. <laughs> Next, Disenchanted, Maya Rudolph, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jayma May join Amy Adams, that is, in a Disney Plus sequel to Enchanted. And that comes to us from The Wrap. Uh, the movie Little Birds, starring Juno Temple, is a star series based on Anais Nin's erotic stories. And this is tangentially related to movie news. I just wanted to talk about Anais Nin's erotic stories Starring Juno Juno Temple. Sign me up. Take my money. (laughs) Next. uh, Oh, that comes to us from the playlist. Oh, I have an addendum for that. Yes. You must subject your wife to that film the same way she subjected you to the Grey films. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
the all 50 of them the shades that story comes to us from the playlist as well as this one uh talking about the new obi-wan kenobi series on disney plus starring ewan mcgregor he says that it's going to feel more real than the prequels which i definitely feel like is a good thing uh give things visual weight um less green screen less shitty 2000 cgi and no jar jar um also he says a young luke skywalker appearance is very possible and i would assume that that's not going to be the motion capture type like we saw in mandalorian because of the time frame he would actually be a a baby if not a if not a, a toddler uh next randy quaid seriously considering running for california governor and that comes to us from the hill uh if he's only going to be able to do this if he can get past the hollywood hit squad the star whackers well listen so's caitlin jenner yes i know it's going to be a tight race right and I'm going to throw it over to you now, Chelsea, because you've got a couple of stories for us, right? I do. From IndieWire, David Cronenberg returns, um, shooting a movie this summer in Greece. Okay. And your other story? Um, Taika Waititi is going to star as Blackbeard in HBO's new comedy about it. Fuck yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Bring it, Taika. And keep working. We love it. Uh, that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you guys hear something rustling in the bushes? What was that? I think I heard a twig snap. That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Greetings, Chop Shoppers. In addition to Spies Like Us, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase were in 1991's Nothing But Trouble. James Cromwell has played POTUS four times fictional President Fowler in The Sum of All Fears, fictional President Newman on The West Wing, Lyndon B. Johnson in the TV film RFK, and George H.W. Bush in Oliver Stone's film W. Sleep well tonight, y'all, knowing the right guy has the codes now. At least, the right guy in this country does. See you next time. All right, thank you. And that's not the kind of bushes I was talking about. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to... The theme of the episode, because we want to believe. Cryptid movies. <laughs> Sean, this was at your suggestion. Give us some sort of evidence and explanation. Oh, I have no, no evidence because it's all bullshit. But the whole idea of cryptozoology uh -huh. as something to be believed in is ludicrous. And there, there are quite a few cryptid films and there are quite a few really bad ones mm -hmm. it seems like there was a glut of them in the early 2000s probably as well as a few of these sasquatch hunter type tv shows yeah they're the oh these pseudo science reality tv shows to your point there are far more bad sasquatch movies than there are good ones yes totally and uh so i just Encrypted wanted to, movies in general sorry yeah, i just wanted to jump in on that and unfortunately uh uh, Professor Knowles is not with us right He's now. He's having solar panels installed on his house in Tucson. <laughs> he uh, He's quite the uh, skeptic, and yeah, I would indeed. love to have heard what he had to say about uh, cryptids and why we should not believe in them at all. I'm not sure how verifiable his skepticism is. <laughs> Chelsea, um, any thoughts on cryptids in general or cryptid movies? Um, so I don't really pay attention to pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. So I did not realize that this had like an actual name. So you guys kept saying cryptids, but I was mm -hmm. too embarrassed to say, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like I had no idea, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> Elvis was a scientist. And then found out last friday but i grew up watching the tv show swamp thing Fucking okay loved that show right on uh myself growing up well at least like the first 12 years of my life in oregon in the pacific northwest that's bigfoot country uh the patterson gimley footage the famous photograph the blurry oh, photograph God. that everybody knows was shot in humboldt county which is very near the southern oregon border um so like i was that kid who was walking around in the woods looking for footprints finding <laughs> nice. patches finding patches of hair on a on a fence post and so on and so forth so it, 
even though I know that realistically it is not a likely reality that any of these things exist, I still like to dream. And I think that as pseudosciences go, cryptozoology on a scale from, you know, astrology to, I don't know, flat earth yeah, uh, is a pretty harmless one. It is. Uh, and, you know, I can kind of have fun with it. It's a lot of relax fun. a little yeah, bit. It, yeah. It's got its charm. Yeah. Indeed. And who's it going to hurt if you really do believe? Um, well, your bank account and <laughs> your marriage and your children's social life. Mm. All right. So with that all being said, we are going to move it into our midnight double feature. And this is where each of us on the panel have selected two movies in advance that relate to our subject. And we're going to talk about them a little bit. And Joey, as our guest, would you like to go first sure. with your double feature? Uh, I have a double feature here that don't have these two movies don't have a whole lot in common other than the fact that they are cryptid movies. Uh, the first one is probably more filed under folklore than what we would think of as cryptids. Uh, kind of old world cryptids are old enough to be folklore. Uh, Troll Hunter, yeah, uh, from 2010. Uh, it's a Norwegian film. Directed by Andre Ovredal. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I um, heard there's an English language remake with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, it's a good movie. It's uh, kind of got its heart in the right place. It's a B movie that is knows how to entertain without taking itself too seriously. It's just well done uh, through and through, I think. Right on. Uh, pairing it with one I haven't actually seen, but which might have the best title the Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot, starring Sam Elliott from 2018, Sam directed Elliott. by Robert Schakowsky. Uh-huh. And I've seen this one as well. Uh, I didn't care for it as much. There was uh, not enough Bigfoot, too much Hitler. Chelsea, what's your double for us? Um, so mine are kind of like feel-good cryptid movies. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going with 1984's Splash. Splash. Did I fucking say it like that? Sploosh. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you dumbass. If you want to hear about this movie, go back and listen to our Daryl Hannah episode. Uh -huh. Hannah um, Banana for Scales. Yes. Um, I'm pairing that with 1987's Harry and the Hendersons. Fucking love this movie. This is a childhood favorite of I mine. I watched this movie yes. so much on VHS that I ruined the tape and I like, screamed until they got yeah. me a new one if somebody was selling a green wood wall station wagon oh, that fuck. just had a dent going up in the roof take my money right <laughs> once again <laughs> i am on board with this i saw this recently uh within the past several months okay it totally holds up yeah I love yeah. it john lithgow oh, god uh so i i contend that this is the best Bigfoot movie, comedic or otherwise. Oh, agreed. And that one of the movies I'm going to talk about in my double is the best Bigfoot movie since then. Very good, Chelsea. Sean, over to you. All right, I'm going to go with some of the lesser of the cryptid films. Okay. Uh, the first is from 2005. It's called Sasquatch Hunters. The reason I picked this is that my very good friend Thomas Webb was in this film. It was mm -hmm. his first feature-length role when he moved out to Los Angeles to become an actor. And uh, I was telling him about it this week, and he said that he was going to subscribe to our episode, yes. uh, our, our show. So shout out to Thomas Webb. But uh, it's it's not good, but it's low budget. And they, they did the best that they could with what they had. Um, and uh, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not okay. going to slam the film right. because I'm reserving the slamming for a film that actually had some money. It's from 2012 called Bigfoot. Bigfoot. And this stars Danny Bonaducci of the Partridge family and Barry Williams of the Brady Bunch, as well as Bruce Davison, who is the uh, director of the film, as well as uh, Sherilyn Finn of uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Are they trying to form some sort of super team? And Howard Hessman of WKRP in Cincinnati. And head of the class. You're kidding me. I think this was one of those sci-fi movies where uh -huh. they they thought they were being funny, but it really wasn't funny. Yeah. And it's pretty awful. And Chelsea has some things to say about the setting. It's set in South Dakota. <gasps> mm -hmm. And? Well, it's at Mount Rushmore. And Danny Bonaducci's character is like holding this 
festival mm-hmm. concert type thing. An 80s yeah. rock festival. Cool. Well, listen, he's on a motorcycle and he rounds a corner and behind him is Mount Rushmore. The However, dudes. they say they're in Keystone. Which is not where. Or no, they say they're in Deadwood. Sorry. They say they're in Deadwood and they should be in Keystone. You cannot see Mount Rushmore from Deadwood. You just can't. It's so, like 30 fucking miles away. So this movie away. is not believable. My double feature is one really, really good Bigfoot movie and one really, really bad Bigfoot movie. Uh, the, the first one is the good one. I rewatched it last night and it got me again. This is Willow Creek from 2013. Bobcat Goldthwait is the director of this film. It's got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. A man, played by Bryce Johnson and his girlfriend, Alexi Gilmore, camp in the woods to capture firsthand evidence of Bigfoot. So the setup of the movie is it's a found footage movie, uh, which... I feel like by 2013, other than the paranormal activity movies, that had kind of fallen out of style. Um, so they're on this adventure in Humboldt County, near the place where the uh, the famous footage was taken, and they get very mixed reactions from the locals. He wants to be a documentary filmmaker, she wants to be an actress, but she's got higher ambitions than him. And they... Uh, make their way out to the road that goes down to the creek bed and are immediately turned away by this uh, local guy who, for all intents and purposes, we assume he's a pot farmer. But he tries to be nice at first, and then he's like, get the fuck out of here. So they take a different way. They end up camping out. He proposes. She says no. Then they get lost, and Bigfoot's all around them. I'm not going to reveal the major the major twist, but I will talk about the subtext. The subtext of the movie is that when white settlers came to that region of the Pacific Northwest, that they captured and enslaved the Sasquatch. And that now, generations later, the Sasquatch has escaped back into the wild and tit for tat. Okay. So I'm pairing that with... Glenn Martin's Camp Out, a.k.a. American Bigfoot. And Camp Out spelled with a K, if you're nasty. And uh, 2017, 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, man. All right, all right. Enraged by the murder of its young, Bigfoot approaches a camp in Ohio. Detective Benson, police officer Thomas, and researcher Hank try to locate the creature before it can attack a group of teenagers. Uh, It's bad. The um, the only saving grace is that Zach Galligan from Gremlins fame is in it. And I just feel bad for him because clearly he was abducted and forced to act in this movie against his will. <laughs> so that's my double feature. I'm going to go with one huge recommendation for Willow Creek and do not go anywhere near that camp out. Uh, no recommends for me. A hundred percent recommends for mine. Uh, Troll Hunter is a definite recommend yes. for me, and I'm intrigued enough by the uh, my second one, the man who killed the Hitler and the Bigfoot. To give it a watch, I give it a watch. Yeah. Right on. All right, that brings us into our feature segment, which is the recast, and this is where we take a pre-selected movie that we've all watched in advance, and we talk about it a little bit, and then we hypothetically recast a few of the main actors in it with contemporary actors who are at, at the, the height of their, their powers. powers. Or not. And <laughs> the first film. Kind of hard to gauge where they were in the arc <laughs> of their careers with this first one, I think. It's called, and this title's amazing, it's a sequel to a movie called The Legend of Boggy, of Boggy Creek. Okay, ha- before we do this, has anyone seen the original yes. Boggy yes. Creek? Yeah, We've I'm going to talk about it. Yes. Is it any good? No. 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 It presents itself as a pseudo documentary, but it's just so haphazard in its structure. Made it, by the same guy who made the sequel that oh, we're yeah. recasting. Right. Right? Yeah. All of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll let Chelsea it. talk about it in the All right. Uh, so, uh, um, yeah. Marathon. The first one is going to be Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues, which is ironic because it's the third film in the series. From 1984, directed by Charles B. Pierce. A professor and three of his students camp out in the wilderness to find a Bigfoot-type creature. Now, it's not actually a Bigfoot. What is it called, Sean? It's 
It's the, the, the it's the Falk monster. The, the Falk monster. Yeah. This from, is in Falk, Arkansas. It's yes. like the uh, the junction between Arkansas, Texas, and Louisiana. Unlike the original, this is more of a creature feature type movie. Uh-huh. And I want to know, did everyone watch the original or did you watch the MST3K treatment? I watched, I watched the MST Keith, T, the Mystery Science. I watched the actual original, but I will confess, I had it on in the background while I was doing stuff around the house. Okay, very good. Pretty terrible. The professor and his three students, as you said, go down to Falk to investigate the sighting. And they have their pop-up camper. Yes. And they're really... Their, their their equipment, I guess, that kind of which makes no sense. How, do they put scales underneath the entire yeah, they're, earth they're to see to how track, much things weigh? Yeah, they're able to dial it, it in by no weight sense. as their per, their how their proximity to the camper, and then the girls decide to trek off on their own, yeah. and then and then at some point they end up at some big redneck's house. Yes, in the swamp. Uh, that would be Old Man Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Old Man Crenshaw. And that's where clam. And that's where shit really hits the fan. Yes. All right. So the roles that we will be recasting are Doctor Brian C. Lockhart, played by Charles B. Pierce, who was forty-six at the time. He's also the director. Then we've got uh, Tanya Yazzie, played by Serene Hedden, who we estimate, uh, based on vague sources, that she was around 22-ish. Which makes sense. She was a college student. And then we also have uh, Tim Thornton, who is the other student, but he's also Charles Pierce's real son in real life, Chuck Pierce. And then finally, Old Man Crenshaw, played by Jimmy Clem, who was 52. Joey... Who is going to be your Dr. Brian C. Lockhart? Well, uh, let me introduce what I'm doing. Okay. I'm doing something a little different this time. Uh, I am casting this. I'm getting in the Wayback Machine. I'm going to cast an alternate timeline version of this, how it could and should have been made Okay. originally I in like the it. That's innovative, 80s. man. So we got to think about these people as they existed around 1984. Uh, first of all, I'm going to have this directed by one of my favorite uh, horror directors at Stuart Gordon who okay. did reanimator nice uh, really knows how to nail kind of that gory comedy horror thing which I think will serve this remake well because Dr. Lockhart in my version will be played by Jim Varney oh yeah this will be an earnest vehicle <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> Ernest meets the boggy the, the boggy Creek monster. Ernest goes to boggy Creek yeah and the legend continues all right, Chelsea, who's your pick for Dr. Lockhart? So Dr. Lockhart was stu- super creepy, mm-hmm. like super creepy. And um, I picked an actor who kind of creeped me out as a kid. He was in the Scream franchise, more mm-hmm. recently the Scooby-Doo. I went with Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Over to you, Sean. <laughs> uh, my uh, my entire recast has a theme. They're all Southern actors. So oh, okay. Hal Holbrook. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, this actor is 49 years old. He's a favorite of the show, uh, born in Birmingham, Alabama. He's known for Predators, The Shield, The Hateful Eight, and Justified. Yep. I went with Walton Goggins. Mm. Nice. Nice job. I, I want to see him in those short, short denim cutoffs. And the MAGA hat yeah. before MAGA hats existed. <laughs> so I went with the kind of, I went with kind of redneckery as well. So my actor uh, is from Judy and Punch, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Justified. His name is Damon Harriman. Damon Harriman. And he played Marilyn Manson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. And he was Dewey Crow on Justin. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He played Marilyn Manson? What, did I say Marilyn Manson? <laughs> Charles Manson, excuse I me. I heard it as Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah. I I definitely said it right in my head. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Tanya Yazi, played by Serene Hedden. And Joey, who was your pick for this? Well, again, this is an earnest vehicle. And I know Sean has recently <laughs> uh, uh, been dissing on the legend of uh, Ernest P. Worrell. Uh, but I think that Ernest uh, could have been the Cracker Medea. If oh, boy. He was the Cracker Medea. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. Yeah, but he could have been huge had he had backing and directors and budgets. We're going to give him that in this real Hollywood treatment of this horror comedy uh, with a star-studded comic cast. Uh, she was on Saturday Night Live at the time. Everyone knows her as Elaine from Seinfeld. Yes. Oh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Will be playing this role. And she doesn't even need that money. She would have been around 24 or so at the time. I love it. 
Perfect. Over to you, Chelsea. Uh, this is a face value pick. Okay. For sure. Uh, my actress was in True Grit, The Edge of Seventeen. I went with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. She's good. Uh, and she is um, she's starting to get more women roles than adolescent girl roles, which yes. is cool. All right. And Sean, who is your pick for Tanya? I went with an actress from Texas. Um, and uh, she's 21 years old. And she was in Bella and the Bulldogs. She was in All Night. Uh, 47 meters down, mm-hmm. uncaged. Uh, but most people would know her as Stargirl from CW. Her name is Breck Bassinger. All right. My pick for this actress, I went with a Native American actress because the last name Yazzie is a Native American name. Uh, in my experience, Navajo. She is 24 now. She was in Hell or High Water, the newer one, not the not the old Hell or High Water, not Chell or High Water. Uh, but the Jeff Bridges Hell or High Water. Uh, she's also in Legion and a show called Priceless, or maybe a movie called Priceless. Her name is Amber Mid-Thunder. Yep, she's great, and she's got a great name. Amber Mid-Thunder. Mid-Thunder? Yes. I love it. Like she was born amidst the thunder? That's that's what I gather from it. Wow. Either that or she farts real loud. <laughs> 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 All right, Joey. I want to know who you're thinking of for the role of Tim Thornton, uh, who's played by Chuck Pierce, also 22 at the time. Uh, well, I'm going to surround again Ernest uh, with, uh, or Jim Varney as Ernest, uh, with some real comic talent. Uh, along with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, we have another SNL alum who I don't really think of as an SNL alum, uh, who was uh, just a comic genius at the time, such... Uh, 80s blockbusters as Weird Science mm-hmm. and The Breakfast Club. We're going to have Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, wow. In this That's role. two weeks in a row for Anthony Michael <laughs> <Yeah>. Hall. <laughs> That's cool. Your pick, Chelsea, for Tim? Tim was very anti shirt. Yeah. <laughs> very anti shirt. He's so going like, third nipple, too. Yeah. I, I had this in my head. I was like, I, I have to get someone who can nail that anti shirt mentality. So I went with an actor that was in the um, Twilight movies mm-hmm. and uh played one of the werewolves and they never wear the shirts yeah probably because they're, they keep busting their shirts open yeah when they well they're always i only they, saw the first swole, one yeah. swole and fuzzy i only saw the first one but i read the the books long stupid story they're awful um, by the way the name of this episode is swole and fuzzy <laughs> they run like really warm blooded they're always hot my actor is named Boo Boo Stewart. Boo Boo Stewart. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Now, that's not his character's name in Twilight. That's, that's his real not. name. He's actually he's actually, he's actually uh, Kristen Stewart's cousin. That's how right. he got the role. <laughs> what about my cousin Boo Boo? <laughs> oh my god! All right, Sean, over to you, buddy. All right, so I went with a 21 year old actor. All right, so Tim, his job was basically to stay in the camper. <laughs> right? Yeah. Perfect job for a 22-year-old. <laughs> I mean, stay in the camper, Tim. And so I went with an actor who's also known for that kind of role. Um, he was in Keep Watching, Mercy, and Get Low. Mm-hmm. But people will know him as Carl. Carl! Stay on the porch in The Walking Dead. Yes. I went with Chandler Riggs. Oh, man. I want to hate him so much because I hate Carl so much. Get in the house, but Maybe Carl. he'll make another... A, a different role that he'll be like somebody that I can actually root for. I had probably the hardest time with this one and I did want to kind of keep it in that um, hillbilly ball field, hillbilly ball field. That's the name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> so he was in hillbilly elegy, the Kings of summer and super eight. His name is Gabriel Basso pictured here. And I don't know if he was a hillbilly in hillbilly elegy. Cause I haven't seen that. I would like to, but it seems like it's going to be sad. For our final role, I'd like to go first, just because I'm afraid Sean's going to steal my thunder. <laughs> You're going to... Oh, God. My old man Crenshaw, played by Jimmy Clem, who was 52 at the time, uh, is 70 now. Okay, we're not in danger. He was in... He was actually nominated for an Oscar for his role in The Last Detail. He was in Moonshine Highway, so you can get a little bit of redneck cred for that. Also, 
He was Cousin Eddie in the National Lampoon's <laughs> Vacation franchise, the aforementioned Randy Quaid, nice. future nice. governor of California, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you heard it wow. here first. Travis, you were worried about stealing Sean's thunder, but you actually stole my thunder. Oh, damn it. Because Randy Quaid is will be playing in my uh, 80s redux version uh, of this movie, Old Man Crenshaw is played by Randy motherfucking Quaid. That's amazing. He would have only been like 36 at the time, but Doesn't matter. he can age him up. And yeah. that guy... He can actually did, act He didn't well. seem very old. He didn't play very old in the movie. I didn't think he was even 52. Like you said, the character, yeah. the actor's name was 52. The actor it, was 52. But if you think about it, this would kind of be a foreshadowing for Randy Quaid's real life later mm-hmm, on if he did right. this in 1984. He kind of became this guy recently whether we intended to or not i think we just defined mid thunder yes <laughs> also joey i think this might be the first time we've ever matched on a pick chelsea over to you old man crenshaw so i felt like the actor needed to play it like way more fierce there needed to just be more mm-hmm. so who does that better than nicholas Beyonce. cage no shut up <laughs> Nicholas, you said fierce. I was thinking Sasha fierce. Go ahead. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. And over to you, Sean. All right. So I went with a 52 year old actor who could play it older and he will play it kind of crazy. And he has the look. He's got the look. He was in Birdman. He was in Due Date. He was in The Hangover. Mm-hmm. I went with North Carolina's own Zach Galifianakis. Zach. Final thoughts on Boggy Creek 2 and the legend continues. It's it's a laugher. It's a terrible movie, but it's yeah. a laugh. It's better than the first one. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 It's It definitely has a plot. All right. With Chelsea, that, what Chelsea? Um, no. Just no. You don't, don't do you'll it. never watch it again. Boggy Creek is out of your mind. It's Just gone. You <laughs> thought it was safe to go back into Boggy Creek. Jesus. As I said earlier, it would have been nigh unwatchable for me. Without was the, it not for the mystery science treatment? Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some fuzzy Polaroids. Or some Jack Link's beef jerky. Or some Loch Ness tea. <laughs> Let's all go to the boggy. Did you like that? That was good. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM. The Shop with Travisito, the Brew Boss. And me, Chelsea, the Regulator. Where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All All morning morning long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the Chop Shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling! Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail. 
where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. movie good credit bad credit no credit no problem come on down to wacky trav's cinema chop shop blowout sale he's He's out out of his mind mind. where we can guarantee you you'll go home happy social security number criminal background check and blood sample required side effects may include euphoria hallucinations and delusions of grandeur so please remember to watch Watch chop Chop retrofit All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We just had to uh, find our bearings. And when we come back from the intermission, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. And we've got a couple of on-theme beers. I feel like we should probably do Joey's first. Absolutely. Joey, I'll let you announce this one since it's uh, yours. This is from Edmunds Oast down the road in Charleston. It is Veridi Rex, which, if my Latin is any good, translates to Green King. And it's on theme tonight because the label uh, features a creature which looks sort of like uh, what I would imagine the Jersey Devil might look like. Yeah. Kind of like a Jabberwocky. I would have said Green King also. I don't know if that's correct, but that's what I would have said. It's a double IPA, by the way. I don't know if this is their best beer. Big big IPAs are tricky to do. Mm-hmm. I've talked about this before on the show. Getting the balance right is problematic for a bit malty and sweet you mean big in just big flavors or lots big of hop as in alcohol big alcohol this is a nine and a half percent oh okay so a lot of times what you'll do you is don't care for it chelsea you'll overcompensate your maltiness to kind of mask that uh that booziness right and i think this one the maltiness is a little out of control now don't get me wrong i'm gonna drink it oh sure it's not a bad beer yeah i, I didn't exactly have the uh palate vocabulary to discuss it that way but like i didn't realize it was that heavy when i bought it um but then but you then woke up in I your neighbor's it. yard the next day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well when i tasted it it tasted it had this this taste that i associate with high gravity mm-hmm. which i assume is that maltiness you were talking about this is the 2021 movie marathon and this is where throughout the calendar year we try to watch as many movies as we can uh the goal the finish line being 365 but if you can go further than that keep running keep running and as of this recording it is the 120th day of the year and i'm on 125 i'm on 151 200 bitches 200 Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I would imagine that I'm in around 42. I was going to estimate about 40. Yeah. 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Actually, I'm hiring that because I've, I've read, I've read, I've watched 43 on that 52 film criterion challenge. So I've watched more than 40 just of those. Probably around 50. Chelsea, what's your first check in? This is a movie from 2019. It's called The Vigil. It's creepy as fuck. Basically, there's a former Orthodox, like ultra-Orthodox Jewish guy who mm-hmm. is trying to navigate life outside of that and gets this job to keep vigil over somebody who has recently passed away. Right. And shit just goes berserk. Okay. And what year was that movie again? 2019. All right, fairly it's recent. Creepy. It really is creepy. I don't want to. I want you to watch it, right? So I don't want to tell you too much. Creepy, creepy. Okay, over to you, Sean. Um, I'm gonna check in one that really messed with my mind. It's from 1978. It's a Australian coming of age skin flick. Called, <laughs> of course, it is. It's called Felicity. Oh, and yeah, I've seen this. You have. This was like the first. Uh, softcore porn I ever saw. It's about this young schoolgirl who yeah. gets an invitation to go live in or visit some family in uh, Hong Kong. I saw and this movie in 1994 on a VHS. Yeah, um, I I stopped it's been the, in the spank bank ever well, since. Well, I stopped the film to check the age of the actress. She mm. was actually 26. Okay, because she looked super young. Oh, man, it was freaking me out. I said, I'm going to yeah. be on a list. I'm right. going to have to turn myself Did you like the, um, the car hood scene? 
Yeah, there's some... No, I didn't like that one. No? no that was a little rapey to mm. me. But even though she was a willing participant, it's still, it was an older man taking advantage of a very young girl. I don't remember all those specifics, and now I seem like the creeper. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? No, it's just something that I saw, and I regret seeing it. <laughs> My first check-in is going to be a documentary called Sour Grapes. It's the legend of Chelsea's bitterness continues. (laughs) Was it good? It's number 121 for me. It's from 2016. And it's an interesting documentary about Rudy Kurniawan, uh, perhaps the most successful wine fraud ever. Uh, This unassuming Asian dude invades the wine auction market and just starts selling and selling these these bottles of wine that add up to millions of dollars and then people start getting suspicious. Oh, I love it. This is from 1972. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to talk about it earlier. The Legend of Boggy Creek. Oh, okay. Oh my God. This was exhausting. Mm -hmm. The narrator gave me a few chuckles with some of his speech. But it is hard to figure out who anybody is. And the whole opening scene is we have to watch this kid run 20 miles there and back. And that was like three hours. It (laughs) felt like it. It really did. But the best part about this was the fucking music. And there is a character named Travis Crabtree. Mm -hmm. And there's a song called Travis Crabtree. Mm -hmm. Fucking brilliant. Can you give us your closest approximation (laughs) of it? Nope. At one point, the film stops being a documentary and becomes kind of like a movie when you've got the young, the two young newlyweds living in a house together with their kids Kids? or something. Yeah. And the wives are there are there at home in the evening, and there's something going on outside. It's the Boggy Creek monster. Okay, you're inside the house. The Boggy Creek monster's outside. What are you gonna do? Open the the window. Run. All right. So my next check-in, in continuation of my uh, in search of darkness. Yes. Checklist. I watched the Slumber Party Massacre. Finally, I watched this in 1997 watched, on VHS. I think I probably watched it about the same year. Yeah, yeah. This, is a, this is an interesting film, though, because on the one hand, it's just a standard slasher movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, there's a really great girl power message at the end of the film. And I believe the director is female as well, which was unusual for the time. Yeah. I, and the genre. My impression was that a lot of the um, girls were too old for the roles that they were playing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, there is a pretty gratuitous shower scene at yep. the beginning, as you would expect. All right. So my next and final check-in for this week, uh, it's going to be an animated film that came out today on Netflix but it's been long awaited. People have been waiting for this. It's the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is a super fun animated comedy. It's a road trip movie, and it's also got a message about overdependence on technology and enjoyed the hell out of it. Good. So I haven't checked it in yet, but highly recommend. Cool. My next check in is a documentary from 2020. It's called The Orange Years. The Nickelodeon story. Moving on, Sean. Okay, I'm going to check in Chupacabra Terror. Oh, boy. All right, first of all. Chupacabra. First of all, the Chupacabra is a dog type Mm -hmm. cryptid. It it looks like a, uh, what are those wild dogs in Africa? Hyena. It kind of looks like a hyena. Yeah, this is a Or a dingo. Yeah, this is a Latin American cryptid. It means goat sucker. Yeah, it means goat sucker. Thank you. This movie stars John Reese Davies, uh-huh. aka Sala from Indiana Jones and Gimli. Yes, and he's trying to do his damnedest to be Sean Connery. <laughs> so much so that he's he's doing this with his words like Sean Connery. So it's a little known fact that even though he's been typecast as like Middle Eastern characters, he's Welsh. Welsh, right? Yeah. So he is the captain of this uh, cruise liner. And one of the passengers is uh, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Oh. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah, we like him. Yeah, we do. And We're fans. He, and he's a bad guy. He is smuggled aboard the ship a chupacabra. The chupacabra in this movie is a man in a rubber suit. 
It's a dude? Is he it, on all fours? It's a dude on his legs. It has nothing to do with a fucking chupacabra as we know from lore. That's terrible. It's awful. And the that's not the worst part of the film, though. The worst part of the film is that uh, John Reese davies character's daughter is on the boat. But she's like, you know, so California. She's a valley girl. And they're like, that's your father? Well, my mother's American. <laughs> my father's oh my Sean Connery. So I don't know who she had to sleep with to get this part, but that, whoever she is, worst part of the movie. It's not John Reese Davies' actual daughter. No. Okay. No, we're in the clear there. Hey, uh, before you check yours in, I'm going to... I don't have another one. Oh, you I, don't? Yeah, that's got two for this week. Well, then uh, now... all, all the rest of mine were in preparation for the show. Well, now that we're done, we're going to check in our other beer for the evening. This is from Great Divide Brewing. Yes. And this is uh, part of their famous Yeti line. This is the Maple Pecan Yeti Imperial Ooh. Stout with maple syrup and and candied pecans. Yes, and I will show my ignorance. I called our local uh, beer store and I said, hey, got anything in stock from Yeti? And they were like, no, because it's not. that's not the brewery. Yeah, Great Divide. <laughs> Great brewery. Divide is the brewery. I'm just processing that Sean says pecan, uh, pecan and not pecan, well, as, as is correct. Mm -hmm. I say pecan because I am more cultured than you. Uh -huh. A pecan is something you take on a camping trip. It uh -huh. is usually a Folgers can. That you pee into. That you pee into. Yeah. This is not quite carrying the, the sweetness that I expect. Okay. Based on the description. It's more of a straight up stout. It's a good stout, though. Yeah, I'm but not yeah, getting. I'm not, not getting a lot of the candy. However, we have had beer prior to this. Our palates might not be. No, it's. No? My opinion may change, but right now I'm thinking it's a straight up stout, and it's good. With that, we're going to go into the recast continued part two, a second sighting, and this movie is going to be one that I enjoyed. Uh, despite Laura Linney, I enjoyed more than I expected. <laughs> and it's called The Mothman Prophecies, the unofficial sequel to Primal Fear from 2002, directed by Mark Pellington. It's got a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it could be a little bit higher. Yeah, it's a scotch yeah. higher. Uh, supernatural thriller focusing on a journalist, played by Richard Gere, whose wife experienced a strange moth-like vision immediately before she was killed in a car accident. And the wife is played by Deborah Messing. She was not immediately killed in a car accident. You know, it says that on the... I think I watched it via Amazon Prime, and it says that in the... The description? The, the synopsis, but she's... It's the old bait and switch. Um, she realizes... Which is what I call my As a result care. of the car crash that she has this inoperable brain tumor... Which then plays into the... And she starts scribbling these drawings in her book. Yeah. Two years later, driving to an interview, he suddenly finds himself hundreds of miles out of his way in the remote town of Point Pleasant, which is a real town. There is a Mothman statue there you can go get your selfie with for your TikTok, where there has been a proliferation of Mothman sightings. His research concludes that the visions are omens of disaster. I feel like this movie would have made a very good entry into our mindfuck movies because it is kind of a psychological thriller. I agree. And Chelsea, what did you think of this? I really liked it. Yeah? I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what a Mothman was. And then that opening scene where she's driving the car, or not opening, but in the beginning. Right. And then the thing comes at her while she's right. driving. I was driving home from the next day and a fucking big ass dragonfly went over my windshield and I was like, oh my God, Mothman. The dragonfly prophecies. <laughs> I was freaked out. Joey, your thoughts on the movie? Um, I love this movie. I remember seeing it not long after it came out, like when it was fresh out on DVD or VHS or whatever it was at that time. And not like most like Chelsea, not knowing what to expect. And uh, this is a movie that's not at all like a dude in a rubber suit kind of cryptid movie. This is a movie about not being able to stop horrible things from happening to people that you love. I said it's like an X-Files episode without X-Files. Very yeah. much so, yeah. Um, it, it's much that, more kind of existential, philosophical thing for oh, me. I and it, um, I found 100%. it kind of really, really unsettling at the time, and yes. I watched it again just yesterday. I found the hotel totally room unsettling. Up. I did watch the it hotel yesterday room. as well. <laughs> okay, so the roles that we're going to recast are... Jack Klein, the journalist, played by Richard Gere, who was 53 at the time. Then we've got Laura Linney, 
as Connie Mills, who was 38 at the time. We've got Deborah Messing playing Mary Klein at 34. And then Will Patton, the great Will Patton. He's, I just love this guy. Uh, playing Gordon Bigfoot. I mean, Gordon Smallfoot. And Joey, as our guest, would you like to go first sure. with your John Klein? Well, this one I'm doing in the traditional Cinema Chop Shop style, uh, recasting it as if we were remaking it today. Okay. Uh, this is a movie which does not need a remake because it's a fine movie as first time around. Um, I do have a theme here which will become evident, if not after my first pick, then soon thereafter. Uh, playing the Richard Gere role of John Klein, we have Timothy Oliphant. You guys know him as Raylan Givens from Justified, etc., etc. Talk about a mid thunder steal. <laughs> Did I steal your thunder? Heck yeah. I wonder if we, do you have the same theme that I have? Because we I might go down. A, okay. I don't have a theme. I just, I, I really love Richard you were Gere. I thought you going to recast a gerbil. Well, no. <laughs> no. Over to you, Sean. Wow. Um, I have a theme as well. I hmm. hope you can all detect it. Uh, this actor is 53 years old. And uh, he was in the film Spotlight, Foxcatcher, mm-hmm. The Kids Are All Right, and The Avengers. I went with Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is great. He's a Chop Shop favorite. My pick for John Klein is, uh, and this this pick was at first an age pick, and then it was a face value pick, and then it just laid out the rest of my recasts. So he is uh, 53 now as well. He's from the Maze Runner series. He's on Peaky Blinders. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody and Game of Thrones. His name is... Aiden Gillen. Aiden Gillen. Littlefinger. Yes, indeed. Our next role is Connie Mills, played by Laura Linney, who was 38. And Joey, who did you decide on for this? Uh, this is an actress who uh, most of our listeners will know from Justified. Mm-hmm. Here is my theme, as you might see. Uh-huh. Um, once I had the uh, Oliphant role, actually, the Oliphant role was not the first one. Uh, the first one was that uh, cast is yet to come. And then that set the theme for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her name is Joelle Carter. She plays Ava Crowder uh, Mm on Justified, and she will be taking over uh, the Laura Linney role as Connie. Nice job. Chelsea, same pick? No. All right, Sean, who you got? My actress is mostly known for TV shows. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in Revenge and Everwood, and most recently, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I went with Emily Van Camp. Oh, okay. I shopped her, but she didn't fit my theme. She's, uh, I, for a split second, I thought you were going to pick my girl, Madeline Stowe from, oh, that's not Revenge. That's a different show. Cut that out, No, no, she was in Revenge. She's the main character, right? Well, she's the mother. No, Emily Van Camp is. She's the mother of the uh, fiance. Mm -hmm. But she's aged out of this role. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Sean, what do you got? Um, I went with a 38-year-old actress, who is in I Am Legend, Elysium, Predators, as well as the very bad New Mutants. I went with Alice Braga. Alice Braga. Okay. And you really didn't like that New Mutants movie. As oh, much as I wanted terrible. to like it. You were anticipating it quite a bit. as long as I waited. Yep. Maybe your expectations were no, no, too high. No, my expectations were low and they surpassed. They did not, they did not meet that bar. <laughs> no. I'll meet you at the bar. My Connie Mills is going to be played by a 34-year-old actress. And I'm so tired of Hollywood back in the early 2000s thinking that Laura Linney was sexy. Because she's not. I thought she looked great in her little police uniform. I thought she was pretty cute. And so I decided to pick an actress who is actually sexy. She was in... Solo, A Star Wars Story, Above Suspicion, Terminator Genesis, and Game of Thrones. Her name is Amelia Clark, the Khaleesi. All right, so the next role is the role of Mary Klein, and she was the wife of John Klein, and she experiences a vision, has some medical issues, has some more prophecies. <laughs> I guess, yeah. 
and she was played by Deborah Messing, who was 34 at the time. Okay, so, uh, Joey, who was your pick for Mary Klein? Sticking with my theme of Justified, she yep. played, I believe her name is Rachel Brooks. She's one of uh, Raylan's fellow detectives. Uh, she's played by Erica Tozzle. Okay, over to you, Chelsea. Who's your pick for Mary? So, Deborah Messing is an iconic redhead. So I had to pick another iconic redhead. Mm -hmm. I went with Emma Stone. Yeah. You're not messing around. <laughs> and Sean. Wow. <laughs> um, I aged up mine because uh, the lead was 53. So I brought her up to 40 years old. This actress has been seen in The Artist. Uh, concussion. Hmm. I have one of those. Chronic. I have one of those too. But she was in the TV series Grimm. Her name is Elizabeth Tullock. Oh, I like Grimm. That's set in the Pacific Northwest. Elizabeth Tullock. Very good, sir. All right. My actress is 34 now as well. She was in The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel and <laughs> Honeymoon, the upcoming Death on the Nile, and Game of Thrones. Her name is Rose Leslie. She was Ygritte, the wildling girl that Jon yeah. Snow... At least he picked a redhead. I did pick a redhead, for sure. And I picked one to marry. All right. Next up, we've got our final role for this recast, and it is Gordon Smallfoot, played by the great Will Patton. He was 48 years old in 2002, and it really shows in the new Oscar-winning movie Minari. Uh, where he looks pretty old, pretty old in this movie. <laughs> Joey, who is your pick for Gordon? This was the first pick that I made, and I made it as we were as I was watching the movie, mm -hmm. um, and everything else just kind of fell into place after that. Uh, this role is one that's very important in the movie. I think it anchors the film. Give us a little bit more info about who this guy is. Well, he uh has a chance encounter with richard gear's character early in the film when richard gear's character's car mysteriously stalls uh -huh. and he stops at this guy's house but this guy pulls him inside at under you know at pointing, gunpoint. pointing a, yes. at gunpoint and says hey this is the same guy who showed up at my house at the same time the past three nights in a row yeah. saying the same bullshit which we later come to know as a portent from the Mothman. Right. Watch the movie. Uh, and he has a very sad story arc uh, over the course of the movie. And this, uh, I wanted to pick somebody who could lend like a certain kind of backwoods gravitas yes. to the role. And I naturally went with Walton motherfucking Goggins. Oh. Twi that's twice for him tonight. Some overlaps so earlier. this evening. Yeah. That's a really good call. And that's the part, his role is the one that reminds me of X-Files. The, the poor schlub who yes. is the mm -hmm. victim of something supernatural. Mm -hmm. He he definitely I felt for him the whole film. All right, over to you, Chelsea. Who is your Gordon Smallfoot? So I think my actor sort of fits that same thing, not quite as literally, but definitely tangentially. He was in Hellboy and Stranger Things. I went with David Harbour. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good that's a good that's pick. That's a very good pick. His his character on Stranger Things, Hap. Yeah, that's just, what I'm thinking of. He's so adorable. Yeah. Uh over to you, Sean. What do you got? I went a little young on this uh, cast. I went with a 37-year-old. He's uh, he's an actor who has uh, been in films such as The Wolf of Wall Street and Dirty Grandpa. Huh? He was also in a movie uh, called uh, After Midnight. We he he likes talking now. about cryptids a lot on his podcast, the last podcast on the left. Yes. I went with Henry Zabrowski. Henry Zabrowski. And for those of you Chop Shoppers who are out there not aware of our peers podcast last podcast on the left they do a really good job breaking down a lot of these stories about cryptids now do you know my theme no every one of my casts have been in films about cryptids okay mark ruffalo was in where the wild things are as well as the incredible hulk yep let's see my recast for deborah messing she was in the tv show grim which feature cryptids right. all the time. Connie Mills, I mean, the, sorry, the Connie Mills recast, uh, she was in The New Mutants, which features a werewolf, which is a cryptid. And then but of a course, dragon's not? Henry Zabrowski was in After Midnight, which was definitely a cryptid. Indeed. My pick is 50 years old now. He was in Prometheus, also the 
Alien versus Predator movies, Blood Moon, The Irregulars, and Game of Thrones. His name is Ian White. And he's seven plus feet tall. He was seven feet tall at like 14. So it's going to add a weird kind of element to the character. All right. So final thoughts on the Mothman prophecies. Chelsea? I really liked it. I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it more than I would expect to. Yeah, for sure. And Joey, you were saying you felt like it held up, right? Yeah, overlooked and underrated and much better than most people think that it is going in, I would say. Holds it's up. much better than the original Primal Fear. Shut up. It holds up really nicely. All right. With that, we're going to go into our bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale of the cryptids. Some heavy hitters. It's going to be Yeti versus Nessie versus the Chelpacabra. <laughs> As our guest, Joey, you're going first. Uh, Nessie wins this because she is an aquatic hunter mm-hmm. and much like an alligator or a crocodile is an ambush hunter. Mm-hmm. She waits until Bigfoot and the Chupacabra need a drink of water mm-hmm. and snatches them and drowns them underwater. Mm-hmm. And then eats them. Chelsea. The Chelpacabra. The Chelpacabra for nickname purposes. <laughs> um, And also because... Nobody is as fucking petty as I am. And you love goats. Over <laughs> to you, Sean. I'm going to go with uh, the, the uh, Loch Ness Monster for the same reason Joey said. The strategy. Uh, I'm going with the Yeti because he vibrates at higher frequencies. All right. So do you know? Is that scientifically sound? <laughs> no, that's scientifically proven, dude. As much as this entire episode is. <laughs> All right. So... I want to thank you, Joey, for thank being you here for having me once again. And you can get off the floor anytime. And uh, anything you want to plug? You know how things come together. Yes. Um, recently, Wait, uh, things have come sexually? together. That that too, but that's not what I'm referring to right now. Uh, recently, uh, watch the Sasquatch documentary on on Hulu. This thing came together sort of unbeknownst to me. And in the same weekend, it just so happens that I will be editing an anthology of cryptid stories. No shit. Yeah. Submissions will start in June. Y'all, anybody, if there's any writers out there who have anything like that, where would they that you want to sit me? Uh, look me up on Twitter. It's J Richard Poole. Uh, at J. Richard Poole. So it is, uh, it is something that has not yet been written. No, the submissions period will start basically run the month of June. <clears throat> All right. And will be published in 2022, and I'll be editing it. Also, buy Joey's book. I have always been here before. Mm-hmm. I finished it. I enjoyed every single ADHD uh, sized, <laughs> sized. Well, there's a cryptid tie in there too because the the lizard man. The lizard two. man is a cryptid. Yeah, yeah. The Bishopville lizard man. Look him up. Lizard man of Lee County. Yes. And over to you, Chelsea. Uh, anything you want to plug this week? Trivia is Trivia back. Trivia is coming back for Cinco de Mayo. I talked to the kitchen. They're gonna have tacos and tamales and maybe churros. Ooh. So look forward to that. We will have all. Mexican slash Cinco de Mayo themed questions and the music. I'm going to get a little bit creative with it. So look forward to seeing you guys out there. I want to thank the engineer, my co-host and co-producer, Sean, the brew boss. What do you want to plug this week, sir? I think that citrus Sunday canning is going to come out sooner or later. Right on. And in fact, it has a uh, cover art from our guest artist, Tori Metz. Yes. Right? Yes. Shout out to her. And uh, do you know what next week's episode is? The films of Rosario Dawson. Uh, Late breaking subject for the next week's episode. It was originally camping movies, but I thought that was a little bit too on the nose following our camping Bigfoot. Lots of overlap there. Uh, So here is your sneak preview question and answer for this upcoming week's trivia. Her character from Rent the film adaptation in 2005 Mimi is modeled after the character Mimi in what Puccini opera I don't know anything is it, about uh, is it Tristan and Isolde is that no Isolde no we're looking for La Boheme ah. La Boheme or oh, La Boheme the, it's the song yes 
so I also want to plug uh, a Pierce podcast that we're hopefully going to have him as a guest here soon. Uh, his podcast is called Stuff I Heard, and he gave us a shout out on there. So go and check him out. We want to plug our podcast also. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We're hosted online at Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Uh, Podbean.com, Cinema Chop Shop. Search for us. We're Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter and Facebook and Gmail. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. And the beers. We're definitely going to check these in on Untapped because they were so on theme. It's U-N-T-A-P-P-D and we're Cinema Chop Shop on there. And then... Uh, this episode won't be on there, but there are some treats on YouTube. Look for the Cinema Chop Shop podcast there on YouTube. Anything else? No. All right. We want to say farewell to you, the Chop Shoppers. Thank you for listening. Um, wear your mask, especially in public, and social distance still. And get that vax. Please remember to watch, watch Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.